Before we get started, I will be straight with you. This is about ChatGPT. The technology that has made everybody lose their minds in February 2023, thinking it is the best and worst of everything. If you've heard too much about ChatGPT already, I don't blame you. Just keep on moving on to your next podcast. But since I talk about technology, I can't resist adding my two cents to this new concept and maybe throw in a few new ideas that nobody else has spoken about yet. Not even ChatGPT itself. Do you remember Live Aid in 1985? If you were too young or not born yet, no matter. Much of it is available on YouTube and many of the performers are thankfully still around. It was a groundbreaking worldwide concert that was held simultaneously in London and Philadelphia in an age before the internet and social media were anything at all. It seems so long ago, but there's an intriguing connection here between that amazing concert and this newest of new technologies, ChatGPT. Hello and welcome to Cool Time Life. I'm Steve Prentice. Each of our Cool Time Life podcasts focuses on a topic dealing with people, productivity, technology and life and each offers ideas and facts that you need to know about to thrive in today's busy world. An index of our podcast is available at steveprentice.com under the podcast link. So what's the first thing that crosses your mind when you hear the term chat GPT? This is the chatbot created by OpenAI that can create large amounts of seemingly flawless copy on basically any topic imaginable. Just give it a question or an idea and it will generate an essay in any tone, formal, informal, urgent. You can then ask it a further question and it will revise and improve it. It's an automatic writing machine that has taken the world by storm. So you will either think this is great or this is terrible. So let's look at it. Let's see what it is and more importantly, what it means to you your job and your future. ChatGPT seemed to come out of nowhere in late 2022 and it quickly went viral. The savior of students everywhere who can now and are already submitting papers and assignments using it. Cybercrime gangs, always ready to exploit new technology, especially before their victims get around to understanding it, are already using it to write better phishing emails, no longer exposing themselves through poor grammar. So is it as bad as it seems? Is it the end of people's capacity to write and think for themselves? Well, my answer to these questions is, no, it's not as bad as it seems. And no, it's not the end of people's capacity to write and think for themselves, but it might be the end of their desire to do so. People in general have always greeted technological change with fear and resistance. That is, of course, with the exception of those who immediately see its potential. So students and cybercriminals fall into this latter category. So how does ChatGPT work? Well, it's quite easy. Once you've opened an account at openai.com, you simply type in a question or a comment and it will reply. Being a musician and avid guitar collector, the first question that came to my mind to ask the ChatGPT bot was, are Gibson guitars worth the money? Here's the reply I received. Gibson guitars are considered to be high-end instruments and are generally well-regarded by musicians and collectors. They are known for their quality craftsmanship and attention to detail. However, whether or not a Gibson guitar is worth the money is a matter of personal opinion. Some people may find the price to be justified by the guitar's sound, playability and prestige, while others may not see the value in it. Ultimately, it comes down to what you are looking for in a guitar and how much you are willing to spend. So, certainly nothing wrong with that. It's clear, concise, to the point, grammatically correct, and concludes with an opinion which is based on my original question. Are Gibson guitars worth the money? 
Doing a quick plagiarism check, I could find none of these sentences anywhere else online, even though none of them is particularly original. And it took maybe 15 seconds for ChatGPT to produce this, much faster than I could have typed it myself. So is this a bad thing? Well, to paraphrase the bot itself, quote, ultimately it comes down to what you are looking for in a writing exercise and how much time you are willing to spend. On behalf of human beings everywhere, I soldiered on to find out whether ChatGPT would make human writers unemployable. Here's what it said about that. ChatGPT and other language generation models can be used to assist with writing tasks, but it is unlikely that they will make human writers unemployed. While these models can generate text that is similar to that written by humans, they lack the creativity, nuance, and cultural understanding that a human writer brings to a piece of writing. Additionally, these models still require human oversight and editing to ensure the output is of high quality. So overall, it looks pretty impressive and a great equalizer for people who are not strong in writing prose or for whom English is not their first language. I am always in favor of technologies that become levelers for people. It's a real tragedy, for example, when an organization misses out on the brilliance or talent of an individual who feels unable to contribute because of language skills or simply being introverted. So what's all this about Live Aid? Well, this is what I'm calling the Bruce Springsteen paradox. It's one thing to be able to string words together well, but it's quite another to be accurate. Chess Grandmaster David Smerdin posted a thread to Twitter that highlighted the division between nice writing and accuracy of content within ChatGPT. The thread, which is available in the show notes to this episode, showed how the bot generates essentially fake academic papers by searching for terms that will fit the syntax of the answer that it must create. For example, Smerdin asked it, quote, What is the most cited economics paper of all time? ChatGPT's eloquent response presented a title, a summary, and described the two authors with full apparent credibility and authority. However, the paper described was not only never written by the authors, it never actually existed. Smerdin explains this more completely in his Twitter thread, but at its essence is that ChatGPT must start with the first words of its answer, which are, quote, the most cited economics paper of all time is, end quote, and then goes searching for keywords and terms that expand upon economics most cited and other text labels as independent variables rather than as a connected concept. It essentially patched them together in what appears more like a game of Mad Libs. It then searched for the most cited economics authors and then patched these into the text as well. Another way of describing this pattern is to assign someone the task of writing an essay from the largest words they see in a word cloud diagram. One commenter on the David Smerdin thread described his experience in asking ChatGPT about Bruce Springsteen's performance at the 1985 Live Aid concert. The bot obligingly returned with an eloquent summary of the boss and his performance and about the success of the concert itself. I have since reproduced this exact experiment independently and got the same answer from ChatGPT. But the problem here is Bruce Springsteen did not play at Live Aid. And again, ChatGPT patched together snippets about Bruce Springsteen and about the Live Aid concert and turned these separate ideas into a single concept. Well written and concise, but unfortunately, it never happened. In highlighting these fake or incorrect bot-generated articles, my plan is not to act as a Luddite and say that chatbots and AI-based writing tools are bad. It is instead to point out that the ChatGPT tool is currently a writing tool and not a research tool. This is something that everyone should bear in mind. It should sit right up there with phishing messages on your phone that say your bank account has been frozen. Just because the words are there doesn't make them true. So is ChatGPT a bust? 
No, certainly not. It'll only be a matter of time before the Bruce Springsteen paradox is solved and ChatGPT blends with other AI to create factually correct articles. But there is no requirement or dimensionality for trueness in its current model. Its priority is simply the grammatical propriety of the flow of the text. I think it's going to become a great tool, joining other AI-based writing tools like Grammarly and even Microsoft Word's own editor function, both of which, for years now, have been improving the grammar of writers who cannot and need not remember where an Oxford comma should be used, and those who confuse terms like affect and effect. Before Microsoft and WordPerfect came along, yes, I'm that old, there were things called a dictionary and a thesaurus, books that were published solely to help writers write more gooder. Better. I mean, write better. AI can tackle writer's block. Many people will see that in addition to the current lack of factual accuracy, the writing style of GPT bots like ChatGPT will remain rather bland and neutral. As the bot said in response to my second question, they lack the creativity, nuance, and cultural understanding that a human writer brings to a piece of writing. But what happens when a human writer gets stuck? This is called writer's block, and it doesn't only happen to novelists. It can happen to anyone who sits down in front of a blank Microsoft Word document or a blank PowerPoint slide and nothing comes. In the older days, this would have been a blank sheet of paper which would eventually host a doodle before getting crumpled up and thrown in the wastebasket. I've given people advice around writer's block over the years. I've told people to start anywhere, not just at the supposed beginning of a story or a report, but wherever your mind is at this moment. Just get it out onto your Word page, because by doing so, you will create space in your mind for the next ideas to pour through. But now, look at what ChatGPT could do for you. It can help clear that logjam by presenting some basic facts that you can then expand upon. Someone who writes about guitars but does not know where to start on their article about Gibson guitars now at least has a launching point. It clears the way for more nuanced, personality-laden prose to follow. The actual copy generated by the bot can be overwritten and removed, but it can serve as a powerful and time-saving ignition spark for the creative process. To me, that's a great step forward for writers everywhere. Where am I going to find a calculator? In Victorian schools, when paper and quill pens first started to become available, there was an outcry from teachers and parents that using such luxuries would soften students' memories. There was nothing wrong with the current practice of writing on a piece of slate, they said. Similarly, decades later, when pocket calculators became affordable, the worry was that if students did not continue to memorize their multiplication tables and instead relied solely on the calculator, they would regret it the moment they found themselves without a calculator. This, of course, was a couple of decades before the iPhone made such a worry extinct. There is a movie, or a TV movie, I can't remember which it was, with a scene that showed the auditorium of a university campus where a group of bored students sat and listened to a bored professor delivering a boring lecture. It was a composite shot showing the same class in the same auditorium over a few weeks. In the second week's class, one student placed a tape recorder in their chair to record the lecture and ran off to do something more fun. In the next class, that following week, a couple more students did the same thing, so now there were three seats with tape recorders. The next shot showed the class in the fourth week in which every seat had a tape recorder and there were no students at all in the auditorium and as the punchline, the camera pans around to show that where the professor once stood is just a large reel-to-reel -reel tape player playing out the lecture to all of those tape recorders. This movie scene was a visual joke, of course, but it shows that when there is a better way, people will quickly find it and equally importantly, when there is a worse way, people will quickly leave it. And new technology is often the catalyst for both. 
The computer morphed from being one of many items on a person's desk, along with a day planner, a phone, and lots of paper, to the only thing needed. We grew into it, and it grew into us. The new apps came along and continue to come along, apps that no one would ever have thought of before the computer was a thing, but which took on a life of their own. The mobile phone, to use the old term, is one of those. Initially designed as a phone you could carry around with you, we have seen it evolve into a life device, capable of actions that no one would ever have conceived of in theory, with the phone feature being just one of the options available. So, the difference between knowledge and wisdom, facts and creativity, impulse and intuition. A fundamental difference between what ChatGPT can do and what you can do lives in the way that our brains work. Stringing words and facts together does not equal wisdom, which is what thought leaders, experts and writers deliver. AI-based chat is still a long way off from generating the kind of context that is needed for the highly variable situations found in business environments. Psychologist Gerd Gigerenzer of the Max Planck Institute and the University of Potsdam said in a recent interview for the Wall Street Journal's excellent podcast, The Future of Everything, how AI is largely dependent on existing in a routine and static environment, which is why AI-based self-driving cars have so many problems. The intuition that comes from being able to drive a car safely requires much more than the structured knowledge base that AI pulls from. The same can be said of ChatGPT. The answers it delivers are static and somewhat safe and follow a somewhat bland organization of facts. True or not. Correct or not. Writers and experts, by contrast, extract wisdom from all corners of their memories and experience. The best writing comes only after the basic facts have been committed to paper, electronic or otherwise, at which time short-term memory is freed up to make further connections and pull out additional recollections and facts that would otherwise have remained lodged in distant memory. That is why great writing requires two or even three drafts. These subsequent drafts aren't for proofreading and correcting grammatical mistakes. They are there to allow the human mind to build upon existing thoughts and leverage the creativity and intuition that flies free upon reflection of one's own work. This is something that AI simply cannot do. Yet. In a sense, AI's chat GPT is the self-driving car of the writing world. It knows how to pull facts together and move along a prescribed route, but does not know how to intuit the scenery and the context that comes towards it. Even when the facts it presents are correct, something that you cannot rely on, as Bruce Springsteen can attest, these are just facts. They're not insight, opinion, or expertise. There's great phishing out there. One of the biggest concerns, though, is phishing, the art of sending emails and other messages purportedly from a trusted source, but in actual fact from a threat actor, whose goal is to always dupe people into downloading malware disguised as an attachment. Phishing has been around for years and remains the most successful vector for cybercriminals based on the fact that people remain too busy, distracted or pressured to question an email before clicking on the link or attachment. Phishing emails written with the help of ChatGPT will become far more convincing in tone, spelling and grammar, which further complicates the challenge of preventing them. They, along with deep-faked video and social engineering, will remain a major scourge for every organization. There will have to come a point in which every user will need a physical reminder or maybe even some sort of two-step verification before a link can be clicked upon. And that will be a challenge unto itself. I have, in case you're interested, by the way, a short YouTube video that will help people break away from getting fished in this way. I have placed a link in the show notes. Overall, I remain optimistic about ChatGPT, and I think its potential remains mostly hidden. 
We humans are really good at taking a new technology and devising new and unheard of ways to use it. Again, the smartphone as an example. Parents and teachers may worry that students will use it to write papers, but this is already a thing. It's easy to lift material from Wikipedia or Google search, meaning that old-fashioned research skills are being supplanted. You can even use an app to generate correct citations for papers. Canva can help you set up great infographics, and Prezi makes much better presentations in PowerPoint, and online schooling removes the need to even travel to a school at all. For teachers, tools like Turnitin enable plagiarism detection. And although a chat GPT written essay would not be caught by Turnitin as plagiarism at least, my money is on the fact that a detector of such text will be both common and reliable simply because there will be a market for it. In fact, the people who created chat GPT already have developed one, as has a 21-year-old student at Princeton. So I reiterate what I said earlier about Bruce Springsteen. We cannot yet rely on chat GPT for intelligence and wisdom but it appears we can rely on it for fast and more dynamic parsing of information, and I think because of this, we as humans will benefit in ways we have not yet even thought of. So, there you have it, my podcast about ChatGPT, written by me and not by a bot. If you have a comment about this podcast, you can drop me a line through the contact form at steveprentice.com, where you can also find my social media links. A full listing of past episodes is available at steveprentice.com slash podcast. I update all of my episodes regularly so that the concepts do not get dated. Believe me, this one will get many updates. So check them out and download whatever feels good. If you feel you are getting value from this series, please leave a review. Those are so helpful. And if you want, you can support us on Patreon. Contributions from our listeners allow me and my team to spend more time researching, preparing, and updating our podcast series. If that feels fair to you, please visit patreon.com slash Steve Prentice, the last name spelled P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E. And until next time, stay safe, and thanks for listening.